everyone, and welcome to a very late episode 236 of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. I totally forgot to check levels. Sorry, so. guys. It's not going to be very late. By the time it comes up, it'll be like the the late morning on Thursday. Still, I know. trying to be, do a good job of uh, putting things out Listen, Jill early, and I both early. have had a week, and on Wednesday, when we're usually better about knowing what we're going to talk about, but on Wednesday, like, we had no... We didn't. We had nothing to talk about, and also we were both swamped. So I just finally sent her a message on our office instant messaging tool, and I was like, "Can, can we just do this Thursday morning?" And she was like, "Thank God." <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's ALA next week, so yeah. Uh, those of us on the marketing team have a lot of work to do for ALA. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Joe, if you think it's muggy in Cleveland, wait till you go to New Orleans at the end of June next week. I am. <laughs> you guys gonna sweat? It's gonna be warm down there. I am already. Not looking forward to mm-hmm. how much I'm going to be sweating. I don't want to, like, dump on everyone going. I normally love traveling. I'll be honest. I'm pretty stoked to stay home. Yeah, I'm really excited to go to New Orleans, but it's going to be it's yeah. gonna be hot. It's going to be hot yeah. and, and humid and muggy. It's going to mm-hmm. be muggy. Yeah, thick. It'll be, it'll be thick out. I'm not looking forward to that part. Yeah. Uh, some very important personal news. So, oh, as I mentioned multiple times i'm building a house i'm living with my sister-in-law right now and next weekend while you're in new orleans uh they're getting a puppy so we're gonna have four people and three dogs in our house what kind of puppy a weimariner much like my older dog holden uh, if you guys follow us on twitter you may have seen last night i posted a picture of holden looking very much like dobby wait are your dogs not both Weimariners? no one of them's a weimariner the other one is a vizsla and vizslas look just like weimariners ah. They're basically ginger Weimariners that are a little bit smaller. Um, but yeah, they're getting a puppy Weimariner. So there's going to be two Weimariners, a Vizsla, and four people. That's like the start of a sitcom, I think. That, that is entirely a start of a sitcom. Yeah. I think I might have just gotten a book idea. There you go. <laughs> uh, okay, so sorry for the delayedness, but we have a lot going on. So, we do. Uh, do you want to tell everyone what we're kind of doing today? Yeah, so it's Pride Month. The best month. And... For Pride Month, we wanted to um, highlight some books written by and about LGBTQA plus uh, characters and writers. Um, and I thought one of the best ways to do that would be to go down the list of the recent Lambda Literary Award winners. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of those awards that um, I don't think everyone really knows about unless, you know, you're in the book world right. or follow any of these particular authors who have, you know... Um, talked about it after getting uh the award but the the lammies as they're known um identify and celebrate the best lesbian gay bisexual and transgender books of the year and affirm the lgbtq stories affirm that lgbtq stories are part of the literature of the world so um yeah again this was something i actually didn't know about until i started working here Mm -hmm. and so i don't know um you know how many people know we have the stonewall book awards of as well, which get announced, um, or one of the ALA awards, but this is another one that does um, LGBTQ titles. So we're gonna just kind of go down the list and talk about some of the big winners. Yeah, um, and just to, for a little bit of background for people, um, the reason that Pride Month is in June, and you mentioned the Stonewall Awards, so. I did some research about this last year because I was writing about the blogs and things that we do here at Overdrive. For, and the reason is um, there was this event 
1969 called the Stonewall Riots, which happened in June. I think it was the end of June, if I remember correctly. Um, but basically, it was kind of the launching of the America of America's kind of gay rights movement really launched at that point. So just really quickly, if you are interested in getting more information about what the Stonewall Riots were all about, there's uh, two really good books, both of them called Stonewall. Uh, one of them is by Anne Bossom, and the other one is by David Carter. They just give a really good background into what was going on, what sparked this movement, and why it's so important that people, um, whether you are gay, straight, you know, not sure, questioning, whatever it is that you identify as, it's really important to know all about what's going on. And so uh, Pride Month is very much more than just awesome t-shirts and, and parades. There's a lot of very important things that are going on during this month and really all year long. Um, and I, you know, I've, we are obviously Jill and I are not shy about how big of supporters we are about, um, equality, whether it's, you know, gender equality, sexual equality, anything in between. Uh, so yeah, when you had this idea to talk about these, these titles, super on board. And I think the important thing that people need to, I feel like there's this common misconception where someone here is like, oh, it's a lesbian book. So it's probably like erotica that I don't want to read. And that's not true. Like it, it can be a story that you would imagine coming from anywhere. And it just happens to have a lesbian relationship or a gay relationship or anything in between. So um, there's some awesome books on here. So like you said, we can kind of go down the list. Um, some names that you'll recognize because there's a few that Jill and I discuss. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, if you follow certain authors, you will be aware of some of them because they, mm-hmm. um, I know, posted about them yeah. winning um, unexpectedly often. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we'll go through the the Lammies. <laughs> so good. I know, right? Isn't it so good? Yeah, we'll pick a few of them. Um, if you go to lambdaliterary.org, you can see the full list. We're not going to go through the full list today, but uh, we'll pick some of those. We'll let you know kind of what they're about we'll give you some descriptions if they're books we have not read and if they are books we've read we'll probably go in a little bit more detail and then the two of us will give you maybe one or two uh lgbt books that we've read in the past that we really enjoyed that didn't win a particular award and then we'll just talk about maybe some books we've been reading over the past couple weeks mainly because adam wants to talk about a book that he just finished which he really loved um so do you want to start or do you want me to go through here um i can start go for it so um all right, so the winner of – so the way these books are uh, – the awards are given is that they are generally broken up by fiction and nonfiction, and then there are some smaller, um, like, poetry or mystery or all, all that. Um, but then by sexual identity or sexual orientation, I guess is probably the proper way of putting it. So there's, like, lesbian fiction, gay fiction. Right. Transgender nonfiction. All right. So the winner of the lesbian fiction was Her Body and Other Parties by Carmen Marie is it Macondo? Machado? I, I think it's Machado. Macha- okay, Machado. I'm putting an N in there that does not exist. That's okay. I'm, there's I'm actually a, looking at it. I apologize. Oh my gosh, I'm staring at it and there's that's no okay. N in there. Honestly, the only reason I'm pretty sure it's Machado is because there's a baseball player whose name is Manny Machado. But I have not read this book, but it's been on my list for a while. Um, and I'm actually really excited that this one, especially because of the cover, is amazing. The cover is amazing. This was definitely a book that I don't remember when it came out, but this was one in one of our monthly roundups, I think. I think you put this on one of our monthly roundups. I may have. <laughs> That's entirely possible. Mm-hmm. So do you want to give us maybe like what it's about a little bit or do you know what it's about? No, because I'm not prepared. That's okay. Like you are. That's all right. <laughs> 
you have it pulled up? I do. You I can do go it. ahead and yeah, you sure. Ahead and so, Carmen, <laughs> I'm just like I said, some of the ones we haven't read personally, we are going to give you a brief description from overdrive.com. Uh, in her body and other parties, Carmen Maria Machado blithely demolishes the arbitrary borders between psychological realism and science fiction, comedy, and horror. Fantasy and fabulism, which is definitely my new favorite genre. Mm -hmm. Uh, While her work has earned her comparisons to Karen Russell and Kelly Link, she has a voice that is all of her own. Uh, So what she does in this genre-bending novel is shape narratives that map the realties of women's lives and the violence visited upon their bodies. Um, So this is a collection of short stories about different situations that happen. So there's a wife who refuses her husband's entreaties to remove the green ribbon from around her neck. A woman recounts her sexual encounters as a plague slowly consumes humanity. Oh, so creepy. A sales clerk in a mall makes a horrifying discovery within the seams of the store's prom dresses. Basically, the descriptions of all these books, of all these stories are amazing. Just like little one-sentence kind of like burners that would get you wanting to read the rest of them. So... I'm also, this is also on my list as well. I'm excited. So the winner of the um, Gay Fiction is After the Blue Hour by John Brecci. This one is um, a, narrated by a 24-year-old writer named John Brecci. Mm-hmm. Um, fleeing a turbulent life in Los Angeles, he accepts an invitation to a private island from an admirer of his work. There he joins Paul, his imposing host in his late 30s, his beautiful mistress and his precocious teenage son browsing paul's library and conversing together on the deck about literature and film during the spell of the evening's blue hour john feels surcease i've never seen that i've never seen i will be honest the word that you're looking at i have never seen it either i think it's like uneasy but the word is s-u-r-c-e-a-s-e we both write every day and i have no idea what that word is and I, I'm sure people are probably saying, like, cool, look it up next time, guys. Yes, we're, uh, yeah, okay. So um, he feels surcease until with unabashed candor, Paul shares intimate details of his life. Through cunning, seductive charm, he married and divorced an ambassador's daughter and the heiress to a vast fortune. Avoiding identifying his son's mother, he reveals an affinity for erotic, dangerous games with intimidations of past Decadence and menace, an abandoned island nearby arouses tense fascination over the group as games veer towards violence, secret surface in startling twists and turns, and an explosive confrontation becomes inevitable. Surcease means he feels a moment of relief or consolation. I looked it up. So, so the fe- exact opposite of what you said. Yeah, like yeah. the context clues of that one. Yeah, the context clues. It could have this... gone either way. Exactly. It could have gone either way. I will. The context s- clues of that word. Yeah. I, again, I haven't read this one yet, but after the blue hours, to me, sounds almost like, um, like one of those like movies you would see where there's a crazy like island that you can't escape, kind of a thing. <clears throat> we were. I was just talking with our coworker Dan the other day about the short story, the most dangerous game, where the guy goes and gets. He's like hunting people. People. Yeah. yeah it's that's, a, that's a famous short story. Yes. This sort of reminds me. Yes, the island you can't escape. I'm uh-huh. all about this one. Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay, I think I have the next one pulled. So the winner for bisexual fiction is The Gift by Barbara Browning. Um, it's by Coffee House Press, which I just I enjoy. Good, yeah. I enjoy. Uh, so this is there um, in in the middle of the famous Occupy kind of sit in 
uh, situation, this character, Barbara Anderson, begins just... <laughs> this says spamming people indiscriminately with ukulele covers of sentimental songs. That does not sound like spamming to me. I would love that. Um, and then this leads to a series of inappropriate intimacies, including an erratically charged correspondence and then collaboration with an extraordinarily gifted and troubled musician living in Germany. Um, again, I love the idea of someone being able to take something very simple, like I'm going to be a busker during a event like Occupy and then being able to unfold an entire award-winning story from there. Sounds really incredible. And also the the cover of this one looks like a piece of modern art. Like it's it does. wonderfully amazing. Yeah. Um, the winner of bisexual nonfiction was Hunger by Roxanne Gay. Go, go ahead. Roxanne. Say, go, go ahead, Jill, by all means. Um, well, I know I think I've talked too much about it because I feel like I've talked about it multiple times um, um, over the past year or so since it was published. But... Yeah, Hunger by Roxanne was her book about, um, you know, her memoir about her relationship with her body. And um, she, yeah, I think she does delve into a little bit about relationships. And um, I think she identifies as bisexual from my understanding. So she was she was the one where I was like, if you follow Roxanne, you probably have heard of the Lambda Literary Awards this year, at least, because she was not expecting it from my um, mm-hmm. understanding. So yeah she rules she does rule um yes do we want to go through all like i don't know i have like one or two more that i that i wanted to kind of oh yeah go okay that's fine Uh, okay so the next the one that i looked really good was the lgbtq nonfiction is called how we get free and that's black black feminism and the Combahee River Collective. And this is by Kianga Yamahata Taylor. Uh, so the Combahee River Collective is a group of radical black feminists. Uh, one was of the most important organization. It's one of the most important organizations to develop out of the anti-racist and women's liberation movements of the 1960s and 1970s. Uh, so in this collection, some of the founding members of that organization uh, basically get together and they reflect on black feminism and the impact that it has on today's struggles in our society. So um, categorized as sociology and African-American nonfiction. I just kind of love uh, the, so the, the website is lambdaliterary.org. You should go and look just because I love some of the categories. They have lesbian mystery, gay mystery, romance. I mean, like there's some really good, Mm-hmm. I, stuff on here that I like, you know, categories of awards that you wouldn't necessarily see mm-hmm. with other similar awards. Well, like a perfect example, um, one of the last ones on the, the list of winners is Autonomous by Annalie Newitz, who was actually on the show a while back. Mm-hmm. Um, this is for LGBTQ science fiction, fantasy, and horror, which a little salty that they threw all of them in together in a collection, but I'm not going to give them back too many points for that. Um, you can go back and find Annalie's episode where we go way in depth on autonomous, but basically it's a uh, futuristic lady space pirate who also uh, creates much um, more affordable pharmaceuticals for people. She's like, it's like a space lady pirate Robin Hood. Works for me. With a sentient, um, potent, with a sentient robot trying to become a human being and trying to figure out you want to talk about a uh in-depth look at 
sexuality. This is a robot trying to become a human, trying to figure out its sexuality as a robot. It's very, it's very cool. This, this is an awesome book. So, plus space pirate. Plus, yeah, l- lady space <laughs> pirate Robin Hood. I, I think that was how they pitched it to me. And I was like, please don't say any more words. I don't need you to sell me anymore. I want to talk to her. Um, okay. There's it. Is, there's the website. It's a, it's a long list, so I would I would advise everyone to go check out lambdaliterary.org um, to see more of the winners from this year's. Yeah, and and they have awesome interviews on here. They have contests. They have news. They have all sorts of stuff. Um, we should just reach out to them and be like, hey, we should come talk to us. Um, okay, so those are the lambdas, the lammies. God, the lammies, so good. The lammies. Um. There are a few, I mean, obviously, there's there's other LGBT books that came out in the relatively recent future that, future, in the relatively recent past um, that we can definitely mention. The one that I really, really loved that didn't come out this year, but I read it this year, is They Both Die at the End by Adam Silvera. And I think I talked about it a little bit, but it's basically there. you're living in a near future world where... Um, if you're going to die today, you get a phone call between midnight and three. And basically you don't, they, they never explain why this organization exists or how they know that you're going to die, but you get a notification like that today's your death day. And so it's very nerve wracking every day to wonder if you're gonna get the phone call, but you also know that, okay, well I can live this, this day to the fullest. And like they have all sorts of stuff set up for these people who are going to die. And it's all about these two main characters, these two boys. Uh, one of them is very adventurous, the other one is not. And when the one realizes that he's going to die, he's just trying to make a friend. And so these two become really close friends because they're going to die that day and they form this bond. And it's a really interesting look on discovering your sexuality as a teenager because, again, the one who's really shy doesn't think or know that he's gay until he becomes really close with this one guy. And they kind of form a very, obviously, brief relationship because, as the book titled says, they both die at the end. It's not shy about that. But it's just this really unique way of seeing, like, it's a tragic story, but it also shows how they live this one day in, a, in an incredible way. So that's that was really good. I was blown away by how good and also <laughs> I felt like I was on the verge of tears from page one, but it's very much worth it. So. Um, I really loved... Um, Becoming Nicole, which came out a couple of years ago, and it's about a transgender girl and sort of um, the she's a twin brother. And so just her transformation from identifying as a very young um, child that she's transgender and um, it's a story of yeah becoming Nicole. And it's interesting, you know, her her father was very resistant in the beginning he had you know these two boys he wanted to have two boys and now he has a, a son and a daughter and um the trajectory of of um his her dad's journey is also um really inspiring but i think that's always a good one and of course i can't talk about lgbtq books without talking about george i love george george is so good makes me so happy George is the most adorable little book ever. I feel like George is one of those good books. It's like a good – it's written for children, I think. It's like a middle grade novel. Middle maybe. grade, yeah. Um, and it's also about – it's a fictional book. Um, Becoming Nicole is true. 
George's fictional about a transgender girl. And I think it's also like a good primer for people who maybe don't get it or don't understand, mm-hmm. um, you know, because George is written from inside George's head. And so it. I remember at one point I'm reading this book and all of a sudden I'm like, what do you mean he's a boy? George isn't a boy. George is a girl because you just get so like you're inside George's thoughts. And yeah. so um, George is also a really good one. I think I read that the author Alex was writing a new one. I, I think you told me that, and I believe I got really excited. I, I know. I, I hope so. So, um, I actually have another one that I was thinking about when you were talking about when you brought up George as a middle grade book. Um, there's another one, and the author was on the show a long time ago, but her name is Kat Clark, and the book is called The Pants Project. And um, The Pants Project is all about this um, young girl, and it starts with, My name is Liv, not Olivia. My name is Liv. And she says, I'm technically not a girl. Uh, She's transgender, and she's in middle school. And she's going to this high school who makes all the girls wear skirts. And so she starts this whole project uh, enabling them to wear pants. And it's just this really heartwarming story of um, this young person learning to understand who they are in the world. And also, I think a lot of times when when you read stories about young people coming up, throughout schools like a lot of them is unfortunately there's a lot of bullying and and issues that they go through and that's very much true but also this book is really heartwarming because it shows you how good people can be as well so you get these friends that she ends up having that help out live um with this project and it's just it's a very heartwarming story to see kind of the good in humanity when dealing with um learning to understand who you are and it's very good i it, it's a middle grade book it's actually technically juvenile fiction you can read it very quickly yeah i read um when after our friend christina was on talking about the overdrive summer reading program i read one of the books called camp so-and-so which is a young adult novel i can't really describe this book to you because it's i can't describe this book to you just think like if you saw the movie was it cabin in the woods the horror mm-hmm. it's kind of like that that's all i will say so, um, but there is a, a thing, it's it's a it's a girls camp and there there is this sort of character who is very much kind of questioning who she like what her sexual identity and sexual orientation is and um discovering it at the camp but then being worried that these other girls at the camp are gonna judge her for it. Um and I found that really um refreshing to sort of see that this young teenage girl and of course she's going to be worried about she's at a camp full of other girls girls can be really mean to each other you know and so like right like it's a very it was a very honest portrayal i think of like what how that feels and um but the book was the book was like super weird but really good and i couldn't stop reading it but it's i can't describe it to you mm-hmm. you just have to read it yeah um I I want to tell everyone when we started this conversation, we were both like, "We'll see where it goes." And now, as you're, you're saying books, I'm thinking of all these other books I want to talk about. I know there was one that uh, this is a advanced reader copy that um, I got um, from Source Books um, called "She He They Me," and it is an, an intersectional book about gender that will allow the reader to wander through different pathways based on how they answer questions about gender and sexuality. And I think um, you know. The conversations have um, 
continued, you know, it was gay, lesbian, bisexual, and then we have transgender, and then there's non-binary. And I think for a lot of people who maybe aren't familiar with this or don't live in this world or know people who do, it gets a little confusing about gender. Like, what is gender and what is sexuality and how are they connected? Are they connected? Um, how can you be by non, non-binary? Like, you know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of black and white thinking about these things and they are most definitely things that all exist on a spectrum and I think having more books out there and more conversations and dialogues um, can only sort of help and increase the information and knowledge about this stuff. I completely agree Um, one of the things I always like to talk to people about and then I understand that it can be a tricky situation but if I'm having a conversation with someone I always just like to ask them, like, how do you see yourself in the world? Like, how do you represent yourself? Do you say he, she, I, they, are you, like you said, are you non-binary? Because my thought is always no matter what someone else sees them at, sees themselves as, that's how I should see them. And so that, that to me, like, it's just a quick question if you can ask someone, like, and I feel like people are usually, like, a lot of times they're so open to you being willing to just like I just want to have a conversation with you and I also just want to make sure that I'm what I'm saying isn't offending you if I don't even mean to so I always ask like how do you you know how would you like to be represented in the world so um one other book I want to mention I'm not going to talk about it a lot because she's going to be on the show but I interviewed this author at Book Expo America named Ngozi Ukazu and she has this web comic that's coming out in a printed version because Kickstarter is amazing, and she made so much money on Kickstarter to be able to create printed versions of it. It's called Check, Please. It's all about this little former figure skater who goes to a school to play hockey, and he is openly gay, and just he loves baking pies, and it's just so funny and perfect and wonderful. And um, like I said, I feel like a lot of times, a lot of there's this common misconception about LGBT books where they're either you know, like I said, like erotica or they're incredibly serious. And like, while those things exist, this is just a web comic that happens to be hilarious. And the, the, the main character happens to be gay and it's so funny. And Oh my God, you guys, I, <laughs> I'm going to give, I have a copy of it that Ngozi signed and she signed it with like a drawing of one of the characters. So we'll give it away in our Viber community when that episode rolls around, but you can go on, read some of the web comics now for free. If you just look up Ngozi, it's called check, please just look it up. You can, Read it for free. And even she said in the interview, she's like, I don't know why people want to buy versions of this book. I literally have all of it for free online, but thank you. So it's so good. Um, do you have more of these or do you want to talk about a book you've been reading? Or um, A book I have been reading. I actually have an advanced reader copy, so apologies in advance to all of our listeners. This is one of the downsides to this job. I mean, it's a personal, oh, down- it's a personal upside. <laughs> downside for everyone else. Downside for everybody else. Um, um, our friends at Penguin Random House, specifically our friend Hugo. Hi, Hugo. Hugo sent me an advanced reader copy of Times Convert by, um, Deborah Harkness. This is a companion novel to, um, her best-selling trilogy, the All Souls trilogy, um, which started with the Discovery of Witches. Guys, I already have, like, a wait list of friends who are asking if they can borrow (laughs) I think your exact words when you showed it to me at your desk, you were like, how am I supposed to work today? I, I 
imagine not getting much work done. Because I mean, like I didn't read the book, but I I was I had to put it in a drawer because mm-hmm. I kept being like the book is sitting right there, and I could just start reading it. Um, so it's a companion novel. It's about um, the characters of of Marcus and Phoebe, um, and their relationship and and Phoebe's decision um, to become a vampire. So yeah, it's so good. Um, sorry if you guys can hear my stomach literally growling. By the way, I'm very hungry. Um, I just finished the audiobook of A Darker Shade of Magic by V.E. Schwab. I was late to the game. This came out a couple years ago. So, uh, but oh my goodness. Uh, it is all about this blood magician named Kel who can travel from the London that we understand to the London that he's from to various different Londons. Grey London is kind of the standard one, which made me chuckle. It's like, of course it's Grey London. Uh, the, the magical one where he's from is called Red London. There's a White London. There's a Black London. And it is V.E. Schwab, also known as Victoria Schwab for her other books. She is just in a class by herself with the way that she writes these stories. And it's so good. It's so good. I'm going to do a bad job describing it. But here's the thing. I'm looking it up on Goodreads right now. It has like 100,000 ratings on Goodreads. So you probably have heard of it. Um, but if you haven't, definitely check it out. I've been raving about it in our Viber community all week. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's so good. And it's the first one of a of a three-book series. And the second one is available from our library right now. So that makes- You should get on that now. That was a nice thing about it being a book that was like three years old is the first two were available. And the audio, the narration is so good. It's This guy has these wonderful accents that he uses like the main ones are kind of british and then he has these other people like there's this character named holland and he talks like this and the whole time i just am in total love with the voice that's exactly how he sounds i'm crushing that impersonation by the way uh it's so good and i have a i have a arc that doesn't come out till october that i'm finishing but i'll wait to talk about it till we get closer because you're nicer than i am well also i'm not (laughs) finished with it but it is it is messed up but i love it um other books you want to talk about? Or I feel like we kind of crushed that. I think we're good. All right. If people want to get a hold of us now that we've gotten to the end. And I was thinking about that about five minutes ago. Mm-hmm. I was like, we should have done that. So where can people find us, though? <laughs> they can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ProBookNerds. You can email us at ProfessionalBookNerds at Overdrive.com. Visit our website, ProfessionalBookNerds.com. And join our Viber community, which is – there are links all over on our social. Yes, and speaking of that, I want to mention, um, if you join our Viber community, we're going to be doing some giveaways uh, just for simply joining and being a part of the conversation. So as I mentioned, Jill and I get all these signed copies of books all the time, which is wonderful. And some of them we keep for ourselves, to be fair. Um, but some of them we just want to give away because we have awesome copies of books. So an example of that is Monday's episode is an interview I did. Uh, with Fatima Farin Mirza, and she was she's Sarah Jessica Parker's uh, publishing house's first book that came out. It's called A Place for Us. It just came out this week. Um, you may have seen her on Good Morning America or on USA Today. Like she's been everywhere, and she signed a copy of it. So we'll be giving it away. So if you join our Viber community, if you just go to our website professionalbooknerds.com, there's a link to it on the top right hand corner. Join that, and we're going to just give away a copy at random. We're going to pay for shipping and take care of everything. So just join. That's literally all you have to do. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. I think that's everything. Yes. Okay. Get ready for ALA, Jill. You can relax. ALA next week. Yeah. 
you'll hear from Jill definitely Thursday before you go. We'll figure yes. out what we're doing Thursday. Yes, we should probably figure that out. Um, but yeah, uh, okay. Hope you guys have a good weekend. Sorry for the delay. And I hope you enjoyed all these wonderful Pride Month recommendations from the Professional Book Nerds podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Hey Hey there! there. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Sleepover Cinema, Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.